0: Typhoon Haikui has arrived. It made landfall in Taidong Sunday afternoon, becoming the first typhoon to make landfall on Taiwan proper in four years. The storm's radius is now covering the entire island, with Green Island reporting wind gusts of 16 on the Beaufort scale. According to the latest forecast, the center of Hai Haikui has exited the island on Sunday evening. The chances of it making a U-turn are small. However, due to its relatively slow speed, its effects will continue to be felt until late night Tuesday, when typhoon warnings will likely be lifted. Prices of cabbage, tomato, lettuce and some vegetables grown at high altitudes have risen sharply on the heels of several recent typhoons. The Taipei city government responded over the weekend by announcing price stabilization measures for eight types of produce. The measures will be in place from Wednesday until next Sunday, but in the meantime, some shoppers have expressed concerns.
1: This is 160.
2: Cabbage is 85 NT per caddy. Up on the scale, this head of cabbage hits 160 NT. The shop owner says the price of cabbage is at a record high this year.
0: (laughs) I've been selling cabbage for a good many years now, and this year it's the most expensive it's ever been. One caddy once set you back 150 nt. Of course, a housewife would find that too expensive. With one typhoon arriving after another, freshly picked bell peppers are
2: up in price too. Selling for 30 nt per caddy only a few weeks ago, now they've hit 120 nt, a fourfold increase. Hothouse tomatoes, too, are up from 30 NT per caddy a month ago to the current 120 NT. But despite the high prices, shoppers were out in full force after traditional markets were closed two days for the Ghost Festival. uh At Taipei's Bingjiang Market, crowds of people fill the narrow spaces. They fill bags large and small, some weighing down scooters
0: with their purchases. It's much more expensive. Nearly everything has gone up. I am. I'm worried about it. Cabbage has gone up too
2: much. In response, Taipei has activated price stabilization measures. From Wednesday to Sunday next week, eight produce items including lettuce and imported cabbage will not see their prices go up, and more than 50 metric tons of produce will be released into market.
0: There hasn't been much impact on vegetable-producing area so far. The average unit price of vegetables is 45.5 NT today, which is relatively stable compared to yesterday's unit price of 50.9 NT. It might be only that cabbage production is down about 50 percent compared with past years.
2: With demand for leafy vegetables high and prices soaring, consumers hope the prices will soon stabilize, so that the impact on their wallets will be kept to a minimum.
0: Honghai Precision Industry released a statement Saturday night, indicating that its founder Terry Goh has resigned in his capacity as board member of the electronics company. Though the statement only said the move was due to personal reasons, The spokesman of his presidential campaign team came out the next day to explain that Goh made the decision to show his resolve to run for president, as well as to avoid affecting the company's stock price.
2: I've been very busy. I have not once attended the board of directors' meetings in the past four years. It's a procedural oversight. So now I'm quickly resigning as a board member." He's concerned about his actions in the current campaigning. If he does well, Honghai's share price might shoot up. Then people might criticize him for using his presidential run to boost the stock price. Now that he's announced his intention to run as an independent, this independence applies not only to politics, but also indicates an independence from the Honghai
0: group. Despite Goh's resignation, foreign media experts have pointed out the fact that he still owns 12% of Honghai's equity. If he wanted to, he could easily vote himself back on the board of directors anytime. Before he entered politics, Vice President Lai Qingde was a practicing physician who specialized in clinical care, rehabilitation and public health. Now as the DPP's presidential candidate, Lai is drawing from his medical background to create... What he calls a healthy Taiwan. Part of the plan involves building on President Tsai's 2.0 long-term care plan with his 3.0 version. Lai shared his vision of good health for the nation in a televised interview over the weekend.
2: In an exclusive interview conducted by FTV vice President An Hu, DPP presidential candidate Vice President Lai Chingda, who was at one time a physician, shared with the TV audience his healthy Taiwan policy.
0: When I become president in the future, I will apply my professional expertise and combine it with medical care and various sectors of society to make our people healthy and our nation stronger so that the world will embrace Taiwan.
2: He also asserted his view on the Barthel Index, which has become a topic of heated debate among presidential candidates.
3: 這是一個 这是一个方向,
0: this is a direction to consider. I just mentioned that age can be a direction to consider. Anyone holding a card for a physical or mental disability, a major injury or a rare disease, or a patient who has cancer or who has had a stroke, they might fail the Barthel Index, but that's because they have mobility issues. People with these conditions, whether physical or otherwise, should be measured by a new set of standards to meet their service needs. I think we should deal with this problem comprehensively to avoid any fallacies. Lai stressed
2: that age should not be the only factor, as is the case with the Barthel Index, but that one's physical condition should also be taken into consideration.
0: Taiwanese society is in need of care services, and problems have come out of the Barthel Index. We have come to a point where we need to make changes during her term of office president tsai promoted community-based long-term care and she also began to promote institutional style long-term care services in the future we should build on that so president tsai has been promoting the long-term care 2.0 plan in the future i will promote the new 3.0 plan for long-term care in addition to community-based long-term care services, the number of care locations will increase, and we will also strengthen institutional long-term care services.
2: From correcting the Barthel Index to promoting long-term care policies, Lai Qingde waxed loquacious as he attempted to demonstrate his ability to build a healthy Taiwan.
0: Minister of Agriculture Chen Ji Jong addressed recent concerns over imported eggs, saying that all eggs are inspected at the border, and that shipments are destroyed when eggs are found to be substandard. Let's give it a listen. All these
2: eggs we've been importing are randomly inspected at the border by the FDA. If any eggs fail those inspections, they are destroyed. There is no way they would be allowed into the domestic market. In other words, eggs sold in the domestic market have all passed food safety
0: standards. However, with the new school year starting and typhoons battering Taiwan, egg supplies have been strained. Officials have announced that the wholesale price of eggs is to be increased in response to the situation. Starting Monday, the per-caddy price is to increase by 3NT, bringing it up to 53NT. This will be the first increase since the price was lowered twice in June. Now we head to a shaved ice shop in Miao Li with a traditional nostalgic atmosphere. The Tongxiao Township Ice Shop has been run by three generations of the same family. They still use much of the same old wooden furniture that was there in the early days. Old business traditions are alive too. Customers take as many different toppings as they like with no extra charge. This hidden gem is a refreshing delight for visitors, but even more so for local people.
1: A customer picks up a ladle at the topping cabinet and digs in you get to help yourself here. Some customers fill up a whole bowl without hesitation. But those of us prone to decision paralysis might be stalled at the cabinet for a while there are 20 different ice toppings on offer.
4: I got the shaved ice. Six toppings. And I realize there's more topping here than ice.
1: This traditional ice shop in Miaoli's Tongxiao Township has been in the family for three generations. The two-story topping cabinet looks like it might once have been a grandma's dressing table. They're not stingy with the toppings although they do fear some customers have eyes bigger than their stomach.
4: It's a buffet style unlimited. It doesn't matter how many toppings you take, 15 or 16 is fine.
1: The traditional shaved ices here are served on vintage wooden tables, and the whole shop has a deeply nostalgic atmosphere. For local people, it's a comfort they've known all their lives. For tourists, it's a glimpse into a different era.
0: Last week, we looked at the work of the World Vegetable Center and how it breeds new crop cultivars and stores the seeds of various crops. Join us today as we explore the way the center's seeds are shared with people who need them and how the sharing process has been made more efficient in the recent decades through various partnerships with developing countries. Here's part two of our two part series. <music>
1: The World Vegetable Center is headquartered in Taiwan and has branches in different regions of the world, including Southeast Asia, South Asia, and Africa. Together, they share the tasks of seed collection, conservation, and breeding for every variety of crop. Horticulturalist Herbozo Hubogbo visited Taiwan to work with other experts on tackling the destruction of Africa's hot peppers by disease. In his native Benin, he assists farmers in increasing their yields.
2: We also teach farmers effective fertilization techniques and teach them to identify pests and diseases. In this way, problems can be detected as early as possible during tomato cultivation, and these diseases can be effectively combated.
1: Here in Benin's coastal area of Grand Popo, tomatoes fill baskets following a harvest. This is one of the results of the center's efforts.
2: We work with some of the farmers, teaching them how to trellis tomatoes. This let them increase
1: yield on small plots of land. You don't necessarily need large plots, and using large plots actually increases risk. The World Vegetable Center is a non-profit organization and is funded by the governments of various countries and by industry. The agricultural techniques that come out of its research are also shared with the world for free. When a new strain is developed, the center works with a seed company or seedling farm and promotes use of the seeds by farmers, bringing the new crop to the market and onto the consumer's home. The crop varieties that had the best worldwide reception are its tomatoes. Since 1978, the center has sent more than 700 varieties of crops to farmers around the world, and tomatoes have accounted for more than one third of those. Nearly 250 varieties of tomatoes have been sent to 51 countries, each variety having different shapes, colours and other unique characteristics.
4: On a global market scale, tomatoes are a pretty major crop. The reason they are so widely consumed is that there are so many ways to eat them. They can be eaten raw, they can be cooked or used in dishes, or they can be treated like other fruits.
1: Developing a new crop variety takes five to eight years. In the case of tomatoes, the hybridization process involves manually removing the plant's pollen and using it to pollinate the flowers of other tomato plants. <laughs> Before the crop varieties bred here are sent to other countries to be grown, they are put through tests of their nutritional content. Crops are an important source of nutrition for developing countries, especially for the children in those countries. For this reason, the center also promotes programs to establish gardens in the schoolyards of schools in Africa and Southeast Asia. At Tanzania's Bara Elementary School, the centre works with an international NGO to provide high-quality crop varieties for growing in the school's garden.
4: The reason we started the garden project was because we were very aware that many children were not getting proper nutrition. We we were lucky in that we had a large piece of land. AVRDC were so helpful. They gave us our original seeds. And we're still growing plants from those original
3: seeds.
4: We train a group of instructors on good growing techniques, who then go to the schools to impart that knowledge. The instructors will also teach them how to cook the crops and how they are best consumed. To help them get the most nutritional value out of the crops, we prepare recipes for them. This also helps make the crops more appealing to young children.
2: They harvest their vegetables and after they use for cooking and eating during lunch time to receive micronutrients and vitamins. And we know that one of the main problems in East African countries are vitamin A deficiencies.
1: When the school children return home at the end of the school day, they can teach their parents these techniques in turn. Planting crops at home is a healthy practice, and the techniques learned also help improve the lives of farmers.
4: The well-being of women and children is an issue of focus around the world. So we thought about how women could have incomes. Women spend a large portion of their time at home, so if they have a garden near them, they can grow vegetables. This will be a source of food for them, and they can also take the surplus they grow to sell in the market giving them some income.
1: Conservation and breeding of crops can ensure food abundance for human beings in the future. But for some researchers, there are also other motivations. This one's very orange, which typically to me would mean very high capsaicin content, very spicy. You want to try? Nope. <laughs> For American horticulturist Derek Farshenga, improving the lives of farmers in developing countries is a major motivating factor. Pepper is packed full of nutrition. It's good for, especially chili, is income generation. So you can get a lot of return, a lot of cash value in a small farm. To be very honest, when I think about breeding, I'm not thinking about the consumer. I'm thinking about the farmer. If a farmer, one farmer, can make more money and send his or her kid to school or something like this, for me, this is mo- the most b- b- best reward I could ask for. The seeds that this Tanzanian woman, Janeth, plants in her garden come from the center.
4: I now have nightshade string beans and eggplants in my garden, and I don't have to go to the market and spend money. I have my own vegetable garden. The nightshade the centre gave me is better than the variety that grew here before. The original one was too bitter, but this one doesn't have that problem. I am proud that the nightshade grows well. I used to only grow corn, but now the children can also eat other vegetables, and life is easier.
1: The crops bred at the centre are an asset shared with the entire planet. Today in Tanzania, half the tomatoes grown came from seeds shared by the centre. And in India, the scented peppers have grown very popular. About 1414 percent 1, of the chili cultivars being grown in India right now are derived from world veg. So 14% doesn't sound like a lot. But in people, that's more than a quarter of a million farmers, so just in India. So it's a large number of people. The problem is with India, there's so much chili being grown that 14% is, is, not, is a lot. Good quality seeds can bring hope during a time of crisis and barrenness. The 2004 Indian Ocean earthquake triggered a tsunami in South and Southeast Asia, which in turn caused disasters in Indonesia, Sri Lanka, India, and other countries. As part of emergency relief efforts, the center cooperated with a seed company to send seed packages to disaster-struck areas.
3: We sent seeds to disaster-struck areas in Indonesia and Sri Lanka. These efforts proved to be ineffective, as people in those areas said the seeds were for crops they don't normally eat and don't know how to grow.
1: The center's first attempt at providing aid during a disaster failed to meet its expectations. Five years later, in 2009, Typhoon Morakot struck Taiwan. Those forced by the typhoon to relocate to modular housing as well as farmers whose land was destroyed received emergency relief seed packages.
3: The areas where these modular houses are set up don't have much land for planting things. In some cases, they just ended up planting the seeds on the traffic island, which didn't produce any crops. However, the seeds we sent to farmers produced harvests, which they shared with neighbors and those living in nearby areas. Some people ended up with crops they had never seen before, but still found to be very delicious. The farmers ended up keeping the seeds and continuing to grow those crops
1: after its experience with two natural disasters the center realized that crops that take only one or two months to grow are most helpful to those recovering fast growing crops can quickly be sold for income allowing people to get back on their feet sooner in the years that followed haiti was hit by a devastating earthquake in 2010 Thailand was hit with drought in 2011 and Mali faced civil war in 2013. After each of these crises, the center sent seeds to help with the recovery process.
3: The seeds we choose to send out are targets they're for crops typically eaten in developing countries where they're sent. They're also for crops that grow quickly, that don't need many resources invested in them to grow, and that are less impacted by pests and disease. Most importantly, they must be very nutritious crops. We have great partners we cooperate with in every area we send seeds to. They teach locals how to cultivate the crops we send the seeds for.
1: A half century after its founding in Taiwan, the World Vegetable Center has now successfully developed over 700 new strains of crops. With challenges always on the horizon, the center will continue its important mission of ensuring food abundance.